Revivify, design and building pros podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Revivify podcast. I'm your host, Grace Mace. Today, I'm here with Sharon Sherman of the Time and Place Design. Sharon is an interior designer by training, but she owns her own interior design firm specializes in kitchen and bath. It's called the Time Place Design in New Jersey. I'm very excited to speak with Sharon today here on Revivify. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you, Grace. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to talk to you too. Well, you clearly accomplished a lot over the years. So if you don't mind share with us your journey, how you got here. Whew. So when I uh, graduated design school, you know, it was at the time before Indeed and all of these other kind of cool, uh, easy ways to find a job. I needed a job. And I am somebody who actually has an interior design degree from original college days. And I graduated and I opened up the yellow pages, which many, many people who are listening to this are going to have no idea what the yellow pages are. 20 places that I thought I would like to apply to. There were commercial design firms, there were lighting design firms, and there was a kitchen and bath firm. And I sent out 20 resumes. I got five job interviews and I got three offers. And the one that I chose was with this kitchen and bath firm where I stayed for 20 years. And I developed for them a commercial division where I ran multifamily housing units. So it was at the time, and I'll tell you, it was in the 80s when townhouse developments were first starting and high rises were happening. And I'm on the East Coast. So it was there was this great town called Hoboken, New Jersey, which is the birthplace of Frank Sinatra, right? And it was kind of fallen on sad times. And people decided to move in there and start regentrifying it and redeveloping it. I did blocks and blocks and blocks of homes in Hoboken. And I did all the kitchens and bathrooms. So that was how I got started in the construction end of the business. And then as time went by a little bit longer, I actually was able to get married and have children and realized that working 60 hours a week was tough when you had kids. So I backed away from that and became more of a residential focused designer. But all of those clients that I worked with for all of those years really became my client portfolio. And then after 20 years of being in that business, it came to a point where I, I understood that the the premise of the company that I worked for was changing and it was really moving to a larger big picture. You know, how many kitchens can you sell? What are your sales volumes? What are your totals? And that was not what I wanted to do. So I had the aha moment of it was time for me to get my own place. And so time and place design was born. And that's how my company was created. And we started our 19th year this year. Oh my goodness. That's wonderful. What a beautiful story. That's Every path is crooked. There's, I, they always say that the, the fastest way to get from one point to another is a straight line. And I think life is a series of hairpin turns. So I took many of them, but I'm really happy. And uh, it's brought me to places to meet people like you. I mean, you know, we had such a kind of cool way that we met and I've met so many other people this way. And it absolutely is all, it all unfolds the way it's supposed to. I love it. Well, I understand. I'm very intrigued by your approach, the way you collaborate with your contractors, the way you collaborate with your clients and the design, you really tailor to the, each individual clients, how creating the space for them based on their lifestyles Absolutely. and creating the focus on health, wellness, and the functionality and beauty. If you might tell me a little bit more about why you started this, thinking about that, this approach. 
Because I think those are all the most important things that need to go into someone's home, especially a kitchen and a bathroom. And I said to a client this morning, I said, look, this bathroom that we're working on, that is the first thing that you're going to use in the morning. And it is the last thing you're going to use at night. So that's going to be setting your entire day, what that space is like. And if you are walking into a space that doesn't have good lighting, that doesn't have natural light, that's not laid out in a way that's going to be conducive to you being able to get up and get ready and get out. If it's not a place for you to be able to be relaxed, you're going to start your day off on the wrong foot. And all you've done is gotten out of bed and gone into the bathroom. So those details are so important, whether it's the materials, whether it's the look, whether it's the color, I think those things are paramount when you're at least starting to design things like a bathroom. And the same thing for a kitchen. Kitchens are the art of the home. I mean, that's everybody's coming and going in and out of your kitchen. And especially now that we're working at home, there's so many people, most of my clients are all working at home. It's turned into a multi-purpose room. There were the old multi-purpose rooms in the, in the seventies. I know you ever remember reading about those things, right? When you were in school, you went to the multi-purpose room and, you know, one day it was the lunchroom, the next day it was a sports center, and then you were having the school play. So kitchens have become the same thing. And I think it's important to understand people's lifestyles. It's important to understand how their lifestyles evolve, because I'm sure you are not the same person you were when you were 20. You weren't the same person that you were even when you were 30, right? But now that you're 35, it's a little bit different. So I think that's true for everyone. And we all go through stages of life. And all of those things are important considerations that go into creating a space that people are really going to inhabit. You know, they're not just going to use, they're going to inhabit. And Your home really is a reflection of you, and it should be a reflection of how you want to live, not just a bunch of cabinets thrown up on the wall, not just let's put it in a sink and a toilet and shower, even if it's furnishings. It it, it has to, it really has to hold you in an embrace. That's what your home does for you because it's your sanctuary, it's your shelter, it's, I mean, it's everything. It's what has your whole family or sometimes your extended family together. So that's really how I approach the design process. A little bit different than other people maybe, but maybe not. I never thought about it. You're right. The bathroom is the first I see. <laughs> the, it's the last place I use before I go to bed and really the bookend of the day. And I never put in the perspective that way. I was like, it is what it is. But that's beautiful. And then also you think about the kitchen as a multi-purpose room. Truly these days is not just it's no longer just a place where you prepare meals. And, and that Absolutely. is quite unique, the way how you balance things. But I'm kind of curious, was there an event in the past where it makes you feel like, aha, I need to do this? I know you talked about your career one, but was it this particular area I want to do a little bit? Because clearly it is really unique. And so I'm kind of curious, was there something that triggered this interest pursuing this path? So I, I actually talked about this yesterday. I said, every day in life, we are given opportunities to have what I like to call the aha moment. I know Oprah uses it as well. I I didn't even realize that she used that term. And I have a friend of mine who for 20 years has been saying to me, you've been using kind of your intuition. You've been using your, your feelings. You've been using things all through your career. And I said, oh, no, I haven't. And he said, Oh, yeah, you have. He <laughs> said, you may not realize it, but that's what you've been doing. And for me, it's 
It's a feeling that I get when I meet people, right? And you probably know it as well. I mean, you've probably met people that you wanted to work with and you thought, this is going to be the most amazing project we've ever done. This client and I are just going to be so unbelievable. The project, the process, the whole thing is is right on, right? And then you meet some people and you're like, oh, this isn't going to go very well. Or like the famous Star Wars thing, right? I got a bad feeling about this. And what I started to realize is that I needed to listen to those feelings. And people would say to me, how did you know that's what I wanted? I didn't even know that's what I wanted. You've changed the feeling in my home. You've changed the balance of what's going on in here. And what I started to realize was the universe opened a door for me to be able to really do for people what I really wanted to do, which is create these environments. It's all about the client experience. Remodeling, as you know, right, is not a lot of fun. Your your life is disrupted. Your house is full of dust. You know, you're like, you're eating meals out. If we're doing your bathroom, you've moved to another room of the home. You can't go through your regular routine. Everything is turned upside down. And I think what's really important is that we work with all of that stuff to try to make the invasion of the renovation be a little less traumatic. And that was for me, that was my aha moment, that this is what I really need to be able to do for people. It's a one-on-one experience. We are a concierge level. We hold your hand through the entire process. We do not handle four or five projects at a time. We do one project at a time. So we don't take that many, but we're there with you. We don't show up today. And then all of a sudden for three weeks, nobody comes back to the job. And that is the experience that I realized I needed to be able to have my clients have. And if you look at, I mean, my clients, what they say, I I always say, look at my client's testimony. I can tell you anything that you want to hear, but if you really want to know what it's like to work with us, you need to read what my clients have said. And that's that's the best the best way of understanding. I have one client who said, "How do you create kitchen nirvana?" And I thought, "Kitchen nirvana? I've never had anybody say that, right?" And she just went on to say how wonderful the experience was, how professional we were, how I tuned into her wants and needs and desires. And that's what we all want. We want someone to listen to us. We want someone to have an understanding about what we think we need and want and help us discern what we truly need and want. And that was my turning point in my career. That's brilliant. And I think it is that moment where you realize this is what you can deliver, the value. Clearly, design building is stressful and you touched on that very clearly and I agree with you. So I love it because that's our philosophy too. And and I'm not for everybody. I talk to clients. I've had people say, why do you cost what you cost? I said, A, because we're really good at what we do. We're incredibly professional. The products that we carry, the way that we run our jobs, all of those things and, and the years of knowledge that go into it, that I'm going to help you spend your money wisely. I'm not going to help you spend it foolishly, but I'm also not going to provide products that five years from now, you're going to call me and say, this kitchen really doesn't look very good anymore. What happened? That's where the craftsmanship aspect of it comes in. That's where the experience comes in. And that's where the knowledge that we bring. If you read about my company, I do not personally coordinate the construction anymore because it's just not what my love is. So I have a partner in crime, I like to call him. He is uh, somebody that I've been with now for 18 years. I met him at a client's home. He was doing work on a client's house. 
And at the time I said, you know, I was really struggling to find the right construction crew because I have really high expectations. I mean, my bar is really, really high on what I expect from you. We have a contractor's agreement for any subcontractor that works on our job. We, amongst my contractor and I, we call it the play nice in the sandbox agreement, but it's our, it's our code of conduct from our, uh, from our construction team. And we are a team. We're a family. We really are a family, but we're also a team. And everybody understands that the success of each and every person that's involved in the project is absolutely intertwined with each and every other person involved in the project. And it took me a long time to curate that. And it has been a careful curation of this team that has stayed together and we've allowed each other to be successful and we allow each other to do the things that we are each individually very good at, but also that we are each very good collectively at. And I think those are two really important details when you are working with somebody in your home. That's awesome because the key is what you described, the partnership, the bonding is almost like you mentioned family of the trust and high expectation to deliver. And I think that's the reason why you're so successful. You understand the whole entire project and engage at that level detail and make sure that the crew that executes it also appreciates and delivers at that level. If you're not all on the same page, it's not going to come together because somebody's going to say, well, I don't really care. I'll frame that wall a little out of square. Let the cabinet guy figure it out or let the tile guy figure it out. And you absolutely can't do that because again, they're all stepping stones and each piece builds on the next. And that's what's really important to remember. And I think many times that's sacrificed in an attempt to find a cheaper price or to, to whatever, whatever you're saving. I, you know, Benjamin Franklin has this, this famous quote about how, you know, the, the, the sweetness of a, of a good price is uh, off, quickly forgotten with the, you know, with the pain uh, of, of a cheap product or something like that, I'm paraphrasing. But I think of that all the time. And I've had people say to me, well, you're ridiculously expensive. And I said, well, I'm just not the right budget for you. We're, we're different. We have different products and we run our project in a different way. And the really fun part is when I just finished the project for a client. So we did a kitchen and it was this old house and it, the, the project turned out amazing. Plus her dog loved us. So we had this great old project and then she decides she's going to do bathrooms. Right. And I had looked at that when we first doing the kitchen. I said, look, I've got great ideas for upstairs. We should do this. We should move this, blah, blah, blah. And she eventually did it. And she said, when I first met her, she goes, okay, I'm going to trust you. I have a really good feeling about you. I'm going to trust you. And it comes down to where she said, I love everybody on your team. Everybody was just so respectful of my home. Everybody was so respectful of my dog. You know, everybody, every step of the way took such care with us, with our home, with what you were doing. She said, and I tried to tell my friends they should work with you. And my friends were like, no, 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 we can do all this ourselves. We can do it so much cheaper. And she said, all she has heard is these nightmares of how the job's not going well, the job site's a mess, <laughs> nobody's showing up. And she said, I, and I can't say anything because I, I tried really hard to get them to work with you guys. And they're like, no, I know better. So it's really, it's understanding what it is to wear an incredible pair of Italian loafers that you slide your feet into. And they are just like, you just, you can be on your feet all day. You can be walking all over the place. And the most comfortable things you've 
ever, ever seen, right? Versus finding these kind of like, oh yeah, those are kind of cute shoes, maybe not the same quality materials, not the same quality manufacturing, right? And you wear them and your feet hurt. And you're just, so you sacrificed that comfort for a better price. And then you're regretting it because now your feet hurt, you have bunions, you need foot surgery. And that's a a different way of looking at it. But I think that's a layman's way of explaining what we bring to a project. I love it. The Telen loafer versus just some cheap pair of shoes. And you're right. Our profession's very much like that. There's the design aspect of things. And there's also the quality aspect of things. And most people don't realize the impact that you can spend a million dollars for furnishing and you can also spend thousands of dollars, exact pieces that the components are the same, but like sofa and curtains, whatnot, or even chandelier, but the results will be different and the longevity will also be different. And that's, that will ultimately impact who we are, how we feel in that space. Absolutely. So I'm working on a kitchen for a client who's now building a home out, uh, out on Long Island. And it's a beautiful area of, of the North North Shore. And I did her home here 25 years ago. <laughs> and she called me. She said, we've sold our house. And I'm like, that's great. She said, your kitchen sold that house. She said, it is so spot on. It is so timeless. People walked into our house. There was a bidding war. We sold our house five times in four hours. She said, I couldn't believe it. And the kitchen was the selling point. And there were some other things that I had tweaked to the house. And she said, what's amazing is that it is still a timely design. And I always say that we're creating timeless luxury for kitchen, bath, and home. And that's what it's all about. Each client is different. Each lifestyle is different. Kitchens have cabinets. So, okay, those nuts and bolts and things are the same. But the general design feeling has to be reflective of the person, right? And you don't want anything so trendy. And you know it because you've done this where you walk in, oh, pink and gray bathroom, that was the 50s. Orange and uh, and brown bathroom, that was the 70s. Oh, pink and gray came back, but now they're calling it, I think it was raspberry puree. Do you remember that crazy color raspberry puree, right? So you, you know, right? And you're like, oh, that was the 90s, you know, and none of my work looks that way. And none of my clients that work with me really look that way. We've got some edgy things. I mean, you look at some of my portfolio spaces, I've got some crazy things in there, but they're all things that are not so outlandish that you'll say no one would ever like this. And, and I think that's, um, that's what classic is. That's what Coco Chanel is. That's, that's what I aspire to, that it's beautiful materials, impeccable workmanship, you know, that's got definite design details, but it's not something that you're going to, you know, throw in the recycling bin a couple of years down the line. And I think that that's so important, especially if we're going to be good stewards. If we're going to put in low-level products that are not going to stand up, that people are going to have to be taking out, or put in a low-level product that you're going to find is off-gassing in your home, that's not a sustainable product, that's not a sustainable sourcing. Those things are important. All of that comes back. Just like my aha moments, all of those things that we do, everything that we put out, it comes back to us. Karma's a good friend of mine. She hangs around with me a lot. And I really do believe that what you put out comes back. Just like thoughts have power, words have power. What you do and what comes from your heart has power. And it may take a really long time to show up, but it really is impactful. And we need to be careful how we impact everything that's around us as well. That's so awesome. You're so intentional about every detail. And when you described 25 years ago, most of the kitchens 
kind of go in and out the styles within maybe 10 years. Most of the homeowners will do some massive remodeling every 10 years or so. But yours actually went through over two decades, a dec- de- yeah. two decades and a half, and still retained the timelessness. And the yeah. level of detail was what helped them to sell the property. But clearly, within the last 25 years, they were able to enjoy the space the way they want to be enjoyed or the, how the space needs to serve them. I, a client of mine who became, I, first of all, I become friends with almost every single client that I do work for. It's really interesting. So a client that I did a house for a really, really long time ago, she said to me, they want to put my house on a tour. And I said, really, that's great. And she has an amazing old home. I love old homes. I love antiques. I love all of the stories that come with the antiques, right? You never know who's coming along with it. So she had this great old historic register house in a, in a local town here. And the society, the town society picked six houses to put on this house tour. So she's like, I, I want my house. To, I'm going to put my house on the tour. You have to be there. I'm like, okay. It was really funny because we did this a really long time ago. We did a farmhouse kitchen before farmhouse was the, the catch word of, of the day. And, but there's no black windows. So we're, I'm standing in her house and the people are coming through and I'm greeting everybody. And she happened to be there and her friends were like, I didn't know you just redid your kitchen. And we're looking at each other and she's like, no, I, you know, we didn't just redo it. You know, we did a little while ago and people thought it was a brand new spanking brand new kitchen. And we, it was, it was not, it was, it won a national design award in 2015, 2014. So, I mean, it's, it's a while back, but it's, it's so timely that it's great. We just changed the hardware. She said, you know, I think I want to change up the hardware on the, on the cabinet doors. I'm like, okay. And that's such an easy thing to do. Change out the hardware, change the paint colors, maybe change the accessories, you know, put up a new window treatment. If you want, you get a totally new look, but the bones have to be there. That's why the classic black dress has never gone out of style. There is a reason everybody loves that little black dress. So if you have red accessories with it one day, you have silver with it the next and you have gold with it the next, it's always in style. Wow. I love the way you think about this. I never thought about it. You're right. When you think about timeless, there's even just how we present ourselves or our home is another extension of ourselves and how we accessorize it. It just completely transformed the space, but the base is always the timeless piece that ties everything together. Absolutely. Earlier, you mentioned about sustainable sourcing. Mm -hmm. I like to dig a little bit deeper on that, but that is really interesting because a lot of time people just look at the aesthetics and so forth. I understand is now people are more conscious about things, about making it sustainable so, or, or sustainable solutions to put into their homes, mainly for their health and so forth. So let's talk about that a little bit. What's the trend and why, what are things that you look into in terms of sustainable sourcing? So there's a couple of things. So we're on the East coast, obviously I'm, 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 30 miles outside of Manhattan. So we have access to a lot of things that maybe other parts of the country might not have. Where you are, I'm sure it's even more uh, things are available to you. But we try really hard to have products that are not being shipped hundreds and thousands of miles. That's important to us. When we do renovations, we have, there's a local company that it's not even an additional cost. They recycle almost every single bit of construction material that you take out of somebody's house. They recycle the lumber, they recycle the sheetrock, they recycle the tile. My contractor actually pulls every single piece of pipe out. All of that's recycled 
all separately, whether it's old galvanized pipe, whether it's old copper pipe, all of that's redone. There's another company that takes all of the plastics. So we have the ability here to have all of that stuff for not much more money. It's, it's, I think it's $25 a dumpster that they separate everything. It's, it's a totally green system of recycling building materials. So that's number one. I use a lot of Oceanside glass tile. So here's a plug for Oceanside glass tile. They're a California company and they have a huge amount of recycled product that goes into the making of their glass tile. And it is gorgeous, really, really gorgeous. I use primarily American-made cabinets. I have one vanity line that is, um, that is, I call ready to wear rather than saying it's stock. So it's a ready to wear line. And um, that is not, uh, that is not made here, but it is an American company that owns a factory, but that is something that's shipped in and they actually come in through Dallas and through Savannah, Georgia, which is an interesting place to have things come and go from. But my cabinets are made here. You know, there it's American wood, it's American products. Um, I have one kitchen on my, um, on my website that we just completed that has a really cool old barn beam on the hood. And I called my cabinet guy and this is like the best cabinet shop in the world because it is a custom manufacturer. So it's, it's really a small cabinet shop housed inside a a larger manufacturing company in Indiana. I said, you know, I need a beam. And he's like, well, what kind of a beam? I said, I, I wanted, I want to incorporate a, you know, an old wood beam into a kitchen hood. And he goes, let me go look in the shed. <laughs> and he goes back and he goes, we have like seven of them. So there was a barn or something that was being torn down near there. And the owner of the company said, I cannot let this stuff go to waste. They kept all the barn wood. They kept all the beams. So it's actually, I incorporated it into a custom design in a hood. So, you know, that's the sort of stuff that we use that we try to make, you know, a little bit more sustainable with lighting, all LED and low voltage lighting, that's a really important thing. We build in all kinds of recycling centers for people so that it becomes convenient. So most people are like, oh, I don't really recycle. I don't want to take this stuff out. I don't want to separate. I want to do this. So we try to make those things you know, important as well and use as many domestic products as we possibly can. A lot of local makers, um, most of my furniture comes from smaller companies down in North Carolina where they're actually still building furniture in North Carolina. So that's an important feature. So those things. Beyond that, you go into the health and wellness aspect of it. You know, we use all no VOC paints. All of our solvents are non-toxic. All of our finishes are non-toxic. Unfortunately, I do use stone countertops. So those do need to be taken taken out of the ground, but we're very careful about what we use. And I have not fully embraced the quartz material countertops because I'm not really sure how, <laughs> how healthy they are for you, especially when you're putting food on things that are not completely natural materials. But we try really hard with those, with those things and, and try to educate my clients as well. I haven't put in a toilet that's not a, a low volume dual flush toilet in probably 10 years because we do luxury level design. So even our, our bathtubs that we use, like the air tubs, we have systems that we add a heated system into the air pump so that you're not constantly adding hot water to the tub. So as the air bubbles go in through the air jets to create the massage, it's pumping hot air in. So you're not wasting the water that goes into it. All low flow 
fittings and fixtures and things like that. I think those are important. I, I try not to use too many crazy metals. Something that's the manufacturing process is, is going to have issues with. So finishings, fabrics, all of that stuff, we, we really do try to be good stewards and, and to use eco-friendly products. That's wonderful. And I, I love how you talk about everything is so intentional and even the beam has a story. I think that's what our home is a collection of stories. I can imagine the owner, every time you look at the home, you're like, I remember that story. And just so heartwarming. And what's also beautiful is that you bring them along with the journey and helping them to understand why decisions were made to choose these kind of sustainable options and help them to have that peace of mind to know that I did the right thing for the environment, for my health. And for the community to make it sustainable for them to supporting the local communities who are manufacturing these pieces to deliver their life in a better place. And I, I think it is important. And, you know, if, if that's not something that's important to you, you're probably not going to find me. I really do believe that whoever finds me, this is the experience that they want to have. And I'm not as good at it as I should be. There's another designer here in the state who's really good at it. She is such a great designer and she is so totally immersed in this whole sustainability. She's, she's miles ahead of me. Although I think I'm a better designer, but that's okay. <laughs> but anyway, she's really good. I'm just teasing. She's really good. But you know, I think it's important to try. I, I think we all have a level of responsibility and it's just a matter of whether we, we accept it or not. I even make my own clothes. I'm like, you know, I've started knitting. So I'm like, let me try some of this stuff and see this down home stuff. I still like to go shopping, but I just haven't in the last year because obviously we're not getting out much these days. And talk about that. Let's switch the gear a little bit. I'm interested to get your perspective, the challenges that you see in the industry. Obviously, we're not meeting with client in person as frequently and definitely being truly challenging to the status quo based on how we collaborate, how we manage our business and so forth, and all this delays due to manufacturer backlogs. So I'd like to get your thoughts about how you manage those relationships with your clients, with your contractors through these kind of home, while going through the home improvement journeys and remodeling. What are some challenges you experienced? Things happen. So last March, we had just ripped off the side of somebody's house. <laughs> we were, she had a, a side entry, like little porch, and she wanted to add a powder room. So we're like, okay. So we had literally ripped off part of the side porch. It's an old stone house. Let me just say, it's an old stone house. And part of the exterior of the house was stone, which I decided we were keeping. To which my contractor went, we're what? So I said, we're keeping it. I said, look at this stone. This is this has been around like 200 years. We have to keep this. And he's like, oh, okay. So we ripped off all the other parts of it that were wood. And the next day, we had just pulled the permit so we could just start. The next day with COVID, the governor shut down everything in our state. Now the whole side of my client's house is ripped out. So we've got it all covered and uh, you know with plastic and everything else waiting to find out what's going to go on. And then fortunately, the governor allowed construction for any permits that had already been pulled to continue. We just had to really be careful about how we worked. It completely changed the way we do business, right? With one person at a time, we always make access now to people's homes from the outside. So we're not going through their home. But I said to my client, I'm sorry, but we've been shut down. And and she totally understood. She said, I know everybody's shut down. So she was, she was understanding, but it changed the way we did business. So one of the things that we were doing, 
So in this porch, we kind of created like a little mud room and then the powder room and there was a window. So we didn't want to go in and out of her house. Right. So we closed off the doorway that normally came through. Everybody went in and out through the window. And that was how we got everything out of the house. We did not have to go into her house. So we didn't have to worry about interacting with anybody. Everybody wore masks. Everybody wore gloves. Everything was wiped down every day. We normally broom sweep our projects anyway. So there's never any hazardous materials or anything left around. There's no, we have a magnet. We go through the driveways with a magnet to make sure there's no nails that may get dropped from dumpsters and things. So that was one of the things that we learned to do a little bit differently. We also had to explain to people it's going to take a little bit longer because I can't have three subs in your kitchen at the same time. I can have the three plumbers who are brothers who work together, but I can't have the plumber and the electrician and somebody else. So it's just going to take a little bit longer. We didn't really run into too much trouble until I started to have faucets that weren't getting delivered. (laughs) Because my cabinets are custom, they take 10 weeks to fabricate. So for the most part, we would put um, appliance orders in. The appliances that I use tend to all be made here in the US. So we didn't have too many supply chain issues, but I had trouble getting faucets. So faucets and garbage disposals. Now, how's that for an interesting combination of things that you can't get? So I got some extra faucets and there was a kitchen that we were able to complete. And the one thing we didn't have was the faucet we provided a faucet and I paid for the plumber to go back and change the faucet out later on so that we didn't have a supply chain issue with that. So those were some of the ways that we fixed things. As I said, in one case, I needed a garbage disposal to complete an installation. And I said to my client, there are no garbage disposals anywhere. So um, I'm not gonna be able to hook up your sink. And he looked at me and said, do you want me to find a disposal? I said, yep. He goes, I'm on it. And he literally got on his computer and I knew he was going to find the garbage disposal. He found it like in Chicago or something and had it shipped in. He goes, I got the disposal. So we involved the client in the process of helping find the product. But that's the relationship we have with our clients. I think that's the important thing. We're, we're telling everybody what's going on. That particular job was supposed to be done before Christmas. We ended up finishing it the second week of January because of the delays that started to happen where we couldn't schedule inspections. It used to be you could call one week and schedule three inspections. And now you call for an inspection and you can't schedule the next inspection until the first inspection happens and then so on. So a, a week-long process turned into three weeks. But again, the client understood, they were involved. We're very honest with them, we're upfront. If there's a design dilemma that occurs in the middle of the job, I say to them, take off your house shoes, put on a good sturdy pair of shoes and come in here and we're gonna talk about what we're doing. And they're involved in the process. And I think that mitigates a lot of things that could potentially go wrong. There are some things I have no control over. There are certain materials that you might not be able to get. But since so much of our stuff is an American-based product, we're able to get the majority of things, the majority of things. Shipping becomes a little bit of a problem. Like I have furniture coming in for a client from Italy. And because of the way they're unloading things on the docks right now, the container's there. They just can't offload it. So it's going to be another couple of weeks until their furniture comes. But again, we're explaining this is what's going on. I'm lucky in that my clients are generally understanding. I think it's also starting with you being empathetic to understand what they're going through and being very conscious about how do you prepare that and educating them and enlisting them to work through the problems with you. So they become the solution versus being blocker to work with you, understanding, all right, well, just like the 
trash disposal, <laughs> garbage disposal. They all realizing, you know what? I can do my due diligence and find something and get shipped from Chicago. And that's brilliant. And, and for so, him, it was fun. It was kind of like, it was the challenge. And he's the kind of guy that likes to challenge. He goes, I'm going to do this. And I said, I know you will. <laughs> okay, I'm all in. And it was, it was great, you know, because he was really part and parcel of it. But, you know, we've had other times and we're having this, this storm now. So I've had two inspections canceled for today. And I've said to my client, and I was there 5.30 last night. I said, it's not going to happen. But they also understand. They do understand. For the most part, they understand. I don't think I've had anybody that's really gone really off the deep end that I can remember, but maybe I've blocked it from my memory. That's a possibility too. You definitely do everything you can to educate your client to keep them informed so they can have the information they need to make the right decision with you. For me, to be honest with you, the biggest problem I have is with furniture. I have much less problems with what I'm doing in the remodeling aspect, I have many more problems with furniture, which is really why I, I have to really like you a lot to take on an interior design project. Understood. You're not <laughs> so now let's go on the flip side. We talked about the challenges. Yes. What gets you excited about home remodeling industry, kitchen and bath, especially? Oh my gosh. There's so many fabulous projects out there. There are so many fun things coming out every day. There's new materials. There's new ways of doing things. I'm learning how to do things new every day. I always said I would never, ever have a client meeting that's not in person. And then I started doing projects out of state. So FaceTime became my new best friend because I could not in a heartbeat. I had one client that I was doing a project for in Florida and I had one client I was doing a project for at the Cape. Now there's no way I could be in both projects at the same time, but I was really able to be on calls with people. So I think the technology aspect has been really good. I think Zoom meetings are the only way I ever want to have another client meeting. Now that's not really true, but I've just found that I can bring up plans and elevations. I can go through an entire design presentation and I can in real time make changes to those drawings and I can bring things in on the computer. I can share the screen. I can show all these things. So it's an interactive design process, much different from when I'm meeting with somebody in their home, going through things, making changes, then having to come back later and make it. And they'll say, well, what does it look like if, well, I can do that right in front of them now. I mean, this is really fun, right? But I also, it's good because then I like, I know that there's a finite time. Otherwise I can be in somebody's house for five hours and obviously I really have to go when we have limited time. So I think we're both client and designer, we're much more productive because there's no distractions and you can just move through things. So that's been really really fun. Shower systems make me really excited. Air tubs. I love air tubs. Get rid of all the, the, those pipes and everything that I just, I think these air massage tubs, they're like my favorite thing ever. I'm still not quite sure that I, I like the freestanding tubs. Cause I always kind of explain to my clients how you're climbing over them. And sometimes that's not a pretty picture, but I think that's some of the fun things. The tile. I just did tile today. The tile options are amazing. The porcelain options and the things that they're, they're doing, uh, the things they're doing with glass is great. Lighting, lighting just makes me jump up and down because there's so many cool things that you can do with lighting. And there's so many options with those things. And the, the finishes that are, are non-toxic to us, I think that's something that was never available before. I remember when I was a young designer, I just started working for the former company I told you about, and they shipped in a 
This is an awful story. They shipped in a set of cabinets, right? And you could smell, you could smell the lacquer and everything else it was in. So we used to send the carpenters with loaves of, of white bread. There's an old bread that used to come in a white container with like red and blue balloons on them. I'm, I don't know if anyone remembers who that is. And we would put those loaves of bread in the cabinets and they would absorb all of the smells and things that were, were being off gas from the cabinets. <laughs> It's terrible, but that's a true story. When I remember once that there was, a, we, we put in when this Mexican tile used to order unfinished Mexican tile. I don't know if you remember that. And then you would have to seal it in place. So whatever the sealer was that one of these guys used on the floor turned a whole set of white kitchen cabinets orange because of the chemical reaction that came from it. So I just think that the healthier options for finishes and, and things like that have been amazing. Metals, mixing metals. I always said, if it's good enough for Cartier, it's good enough for everybody. But just the ability for people to mix metals and mix materials. Copper has always been a favorite material of mine. It's making a big comeback. I think that's really cool. I'm kind of excited to see wood hoods again in kitchens, you know, because everyone's doing these big metal hoods and wood hoods are, are absolutely rolling back in again. So those are those are the things that I think I probably get the most excited about. Uh, just listen to you. I get excited about it too. <laughs> have that fresh speak smell, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was really bad. Your eyes would tear. That's how bad it was from the lacquers and things that were going into cabinets back then. But Oh yeah, I remember. Now yeah. let's talk about what's your secret recipe for success? Uh, my secret recipe, I work really hard for my clients. I give 100% and I surround myself with people who share my business attitude. I don't want to be around people that are going to take shortcuts. I don't want to take be around people who are not going to give their all and who don't love what they do. You have to love this business to be in this business. You can't dip your toe into this business. You can't say, I'm just going to try it. I'm, I'm going to dabble. You can't dabble. You really need to be fully invested. When I hire an, ass an assistant, that assistant for the first two weeks spends two weeks on a construction site because they need to understand what goes on in the field. They need to be fully immersed in it. They need to, and I love being on construction sites. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I would be on a construction site instead of being in a clothing store any day of the week because there's no tiptoeing around anything. And, and you know, you're, you're a woman in business. I spend my day with men. You know, I've got a, a nine man construction team and it's an experience that you'll never really able to appreciate until you experience it. So I think those are, those are important reasons. So you can see what goes wrong. If you're not going to be on top of your game and you make a mistake, this is how it's going to affect everybody else. And if you make a mistake, you need to own it. I'm not going to say to my clients, oh, somebody else did it. I said, you know what? I screwed up. Something went wrong. I mismeasured. It could be anything. I mean, we try really hard to make sure that that doesn't happen. But I just, I think I'm who I am. I just say to people, if, if I'm not who you want to work with, it's all right. I'm not going to take it personally. You shouldn't feel bad about it. We're just not right for each other. So I think that honesty, integrity, and professionalism, if I had to sum it up, those would be the three. Honesty, integrity, professionalism. And I really care about what I do. And that's part of integrity. And I don't do the same design 14 times. <laughs>
They're similar basics. I mean, there's an L-shaped kitchen with an island, there's a U-shaped kitchen, and there's a galley. That you can't get away from, but you're not going to see the exact same thing. And I knew a designer once who did that. She did three kitchens for three different clients. They lived on the same street and they were all the exact same kitchen, same cabinet, same tile, same layout. And it, it was just really funny. She used to get away with stuff like that. I don't know how I can't do that, but that's, <laughs> I can just imagine what you're thinking. What? Yes. Those were the good old days, but that, that's what, that's the key to success. And I appreciate honesty, integrity, professional. And I think that that's all we thrive for. So thank you. We just need to continue to remind ourselves why these three things are so important in our profession. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you tell a young graduate who's considering going to into the home remodeling, kitchen, bath redesign space? Oh, I just said that to somebody because I have people call me all the time. I, I think I'm going to put a course together. It's going to call, be called the nuts and bolts of launching your own design, your design career or your design business. It's coming. You'll see. It's going to be there. You need to be adaptable, right? You need to not be afraid to let people know that you're really good at what you do. It took me 25 years to be able to say, I'm really good at what I do. So that's important. You need to learn everything. Don't go into any of this thinking you know better than anybody else. Because I, two weeks ago, learned something that I added a new clause to my contract. And I thought I had covered all of them. So you're always learning something. Be open, be willing to learn, roll with the punches especially in the construction business. And you as a woman in construction can relate to that. You may have to work a little harder to prove yourself sometimes, although I think that's that's changed a little bit. And have fun with it. I don't think you can have a preconceived notion. I would not want to do anything else. This has been an amazing career for me. I have had amazing opportunities because of it. I've worked with celebrities. I've worked with pro athletes. I've worked with an amazing number of people. I've done TV shows. I actually had a client of mine call me and said, I just got off a cross-country flight. I just watched your show on the flight. I'm like, oh, wow. He goes, I didn't know it was, I was working with a celebrity. I'm like, I'm not really a celebrity. He goes, I don't care. I told everybody in first class that you were my designer. So I, I think it's having fun with that and really respecting people and respecting the business and respecting the trades that you work with and that help you be successful. That's beautiful. So what's a TV show that you are responsible for? Oh, what did I do? I did an episode of my big, amazing renovation. I've been on um, some house smarts with Lou Manfredini. I, I've done a couple of different things like that. I've been publishing a couple of books, I, different little, I, I've, I've had some really good press. <laughs> I'm been, impressed. First of all, thank you for sharing all this great insights. And if you'd like to learn more about Sharon Sherman and Time and Place Design, you can visit her website at www.time, T-H-Y-M-E, and placedesign.com. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us in this episode of Revivify Podcast. I hope you enjoy hearing from Sharon Sherman of Time and Place Design. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Grace. Brought to you by Bayrap.